everyone. Welcome to the Preacher Dad Podcast. I am the Preacher Dad, and I blog at PreacherDad.com. Are you sensing the theme? <laughs> Welcome. Glad to have each of you here today. Uh, I'm here on the Preacher Dad Podcast. I try to give you a biblical perspective on everything from parenting to politics to preparation. And there's a lot of different topics in between those three Ps, but that's our general focus. And I'm trying to do my best to uh, proclaim Jesus and make Him known. And, you know, they, uh, they tell you when you, you start doing podcasts and, and other things, what's something that you know that, that other people maybe don't know? Um, well, I, there's not a lot of that for me, but I do know Jesus. Uh, I don't know him as well as I'd like to, um, but I like to talk about him, and I like to talk about his word. So I know the Bible probably better than I know anything else, <laughs> which is an interesting thing to say, but I think that's probably true. I might know Star Wars more than the Bible. I, I suppose that's possible to my shame. But here I am, I'm back, and it's been quite a long hiatus. Uh, the last, uh, our last episode was several weeks ago, after the United States Supreme Court overturned Roe versus Wade in the Dobbs decision, and uh, sent the abortion issue back to the states. Now, I don't think that it should be legal in any state to commit murder, but this was a huge victory, and that was the last time that I had well, it's not the last time I had anything to say. It's just the last time I actually took the time to stop and and come and meet with my my audience here. But here I am. I'm back, and uh, there's been a lot of things going on in our lives uh, lately. In the life of my family, my wife and our eight children. But I'm doing my best to uh, also give some time here to the the podcast world and the blogosphere trying to keep you informed and help you understand what the biblical perspective is to have. Um, I, uh, I recently I recently was thinking about this issue of abortion and you know uh, over the weekend or no it was Tuesday the state of Kansas and I have a, a lot of love for Kansas my mother is from Kansas, have family there. Good state, this Kansas. Uh, but uh, over on Tuesday, the state of Kansas voted no on an amendment to their constitution which would make it illegal to have abortions in their state. They would strip out of their constitution, if I understand it correctly, the provision that allowed abortion to be uh, a right in the state of Kansas. So it was defeated. Um, it was a, a pro-life gut check, you might say. Um, a wake-up call, I hope, to the pro-life movement to be able to realize that, hey, you can't just sit back on your haunches because Roe versus Wade isn't the law of the land anymore. We still got work to do, folks. We still got uh, things that we have to Advanced. Kansas is typically considered to be a fairly conservative state. And um, to vote no on this, I believe, represents uh, a degree of ignorance. 
uh, I don't think that they really understood what was happening because I heard some of the um, the ads that the pro-abortion lobby paid for in the state of Kansas. Um, I'll tell you, they were very deceptive. The first ones made it sound like uh, you want to vote no on this referendum because uh, it's going to be a big government intrusion into your privacy and into your medical rights. And you don't want that, do you? No. I mean, a conservative person would say, well, no, I, I don't want big government. I want government to stay out of my life. Well, this referendum would allow them into your medical privacy. What? I ain't doing that. Um, that was a very deceptive uh, advertisement. I wish I could play it for you, but at this point, my producer is having technical difficulties. Um, my producer is me, and I definitely have technical difficulties. Uh, but the bottom line here is that, um, you know, pro-life cause suffered somewhat of a defeat there in Kansas. And I also, another advertisement that they, that they did, and this really what inspired me down this path. Track with me here, folks. Come on. Stay with me. Uh... One advertisement that was done, an ad that was placed, was a pastor. He claimed to have been pastoring for 50 years and had counseled many women in different situations and how difficult their, their lives were and, and, and how God calls us to be compassionate. And, uh, you know, this, we want to vote no on this, uh, this referendum in the state of Kansas because it could endanger the life of the mother it could endanger women's lives by restricting their access to abortion. It could actually endanger their lives. And so they, they need to have the freedom to make their own choices. And I mean, this, it, it, was, it was sickening. I'll be honest with you, it was sickening to hear a man use Christ's name in the same sentence that he seeks to justify the murder of unborn children. Oh, it made me angry. And I, I just, I wanted to, at that moment, I was like, I'm pulling out my equipment. I'm going to record a podcast right now. I'm going to get out there in the internet world, and I'm just going to blast some people and just, just express all my frustration at these morons that want to make it legal and tricking people. I mean, so the life of the mother is important to protect what about the life of an unborn child? That's not important. <clears throat> uh, you know, I, I just really went off. I really went off uh, inside. I really got frustrated for a minute. I started thinking to myself, you know, if we... If I were to rant about abortion all the time and just, you know, start spouting off all of the passionate, passionate things that I feel and expressing my emotions about this subject. I might encourage some folks that already agree with me. Um, because it's often encouraging to hear people express the things that you already believe. But I also would probably not persuade 
someone who thought that a woman should have the right to commit abortion, I would not persuade them to the truth. And that really sort of stopped me thinking. And it got me to thinking about if I were talking to someone who did not agree with me and I was trying to persuade them of the truth, how would I approach it? How would I approach a woman who's, who's expecting a child? Or maybe she's not expecting a child, but maybe she thinks she might. But she also wants to preserve a so-called right to an abortion, which it isn't a right. No one has the right to kill someone else. This is all about how we define things. But it just got me kind of thinking about how I would approach that situation. Because I wouldn't want to blast a mother who's in a, a difficult situation. She's, um, you know, she's scared about the future. She, she does not want to raise the child. She, uh, maybe her uh, boyfriend or maybe it's even her husband is pressuring her to go ahead and just get rid of the baby. Let's not deal with this. If she's, uh, you know, if she's been raised in church, she might feel embarrassed and shameful. She might feel shamed um, to be around her family or friends, and she just she doesn't know what to do. I would not rant at that person. I would not uh, blast them. I would not even, even if I was sitting across from this pastor, I don't know, <laughs> Jesus had some pretty sharp words to say to the religious leaders of his day, and those were the people that he blasted the hardest. So, I don't know, I, I might, you know, haul off both barrels at that fellow, but um, how can we persuade others? And this is the first idea I had, and I might come up with another one, and I, I might let you know what that one is. But the first idea I had was essentially to focus on the responsibility that parents have to their children. To, to This is almost not debated anymore. When I was a little boy, they were debating whether or not it was an actual child. But now that we can detect a heartbeat at like, I think it's eight weeks or five weeks old, you can detect the heartbeat of a child very early. You cannot say that is not a human being. That is just a little bit unreasonable. Um, at least I don't hear anyone on the left trying to make that argument. The argument they're making is that a woman has a right to choose things over her own body. But does that include unborn women too? Do they have a right to choose over their own body? Well, the fact is that an unborn woman cannot choose. They are not developed enough to make any choices and that's why the parents have the responsibility to make choices for that unborn woman, or an unborn man for that matter. An unborn child has not the capacity to make decisions that will protect his, his or her life, protect the child's life, or, or, or are in the child's best interests. That child doesn't even know what those words mean. He can't even understand language yet. So. I think that there is a responsibility that parents have, mothers have a responsibility to care for and protect their children. And it does not matter how that child was conceived. 
I do not support an exception for abortion because the mother was raped. Now, rape is wrong, and they should catch the jerk that did it to her and throw him in jail, make him pay child support and everything. But the child is not to blame because their mother was mistreated in the conception of that child. That is wrong. And so there should not be exceptions. Regardless of the, of the, the circumstances of the child's conception, it is a living human being that the mother has a responsibility to care for. And if she, she doesn't want her responsibility, she doesn't, she doesn't have to keep the baby. She can surrender the baby for adoption, which actually is quite hard from what I understand. Once the mother has carried the baby to term, she has a very hard time giving that baby up for adoption. That's something that can be considered, in some circumstances, very loving when a mother is willing to sacrifice her time with her babies so that the baby has uh, arguably a better life. But that debate is for another time. I think that it's wise for us to say that the Bible teaches us that not only is an unborn person a human, an unborn child is a human being. The Bible says that God knits them together in their mother's womb. That they, they uh, are able to be known by God in the secret place, even in the womb. But um, the, <clears throat> the responsibility of the mother is something that I think that would be wise to focus in on and say, listen, this is a child. Things are scary. Things are difficult and hard. But you still have a responsibility that you need to shoulder. And it's a big one. It's a, it's a, it's a heavy responsibility but it's one that can be very rewarding. And I think that might help a, a woman in crisis to, and even perhaps a father in the situation, to also realize that there are times in life when we have to step up to the plate and shoulder the responsibility we've been handed. Um, so maybe that's a better way to approach this debate is to focus on the responsibility of parenthood. Honestly, there's plenty of parents out there that need to think about their responsibility to their children. And the Bible teaches us that we are responsible for the training of our children. It's not, we can't, we can't uh, send them off to school and assume that their education will be sufficient have to have an active role. Whether you send your children to public school, private school, Christian schools, or you homeschool them, you need, as a parent, we have to have an active role. And that is part of our responsibility. We have to pay attention to what they're being taught. This is a movement that is uh, just really sweeping the nation right now, you might say. Parents realizing how important they are. <laughs> Parents, you are important. There's no one that can replace you in the life of your child. There's just, it just can't happen. So 
step up to the plate and accept your responsibility. Not just for their education and knowledge, but also their walk with God and their instruction in truth and in the scriptures. You don't have to be a Bible scholar, but you can't just trust them to the youth pastor to make, to, to make sure that they get all, all of the training that they need so that they're good, godly Christians. You can't send them off to Sunday school and hope that's enough. You have to be actively engaged in that process too. Learning with them, encouraging them to learn on their own, to live out before them the uh, example of a godly Christian life. That's important. That has a bigger impact than we can even understand or realize. So we need to make sure that we recognize the importance of parental responsibility and the impact that parents have. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, parents can't make mistakes. Make a mistake? Well, I'm sorry, that's it. Your kid is doomed. Uh, your child will never measure up because you, sure, you served fish sticks with no sauce. Or, or uh, you know, you, you missed a month of Sundays. I tell you what, what kind of parent could you be? You know what? That's silly. God is bigger than our mistakes, and he loves our kids more than we love them. But it doesn't negate the fact that we do have the opportunity to have an incredible impact in their lives, and we have a responsibility to help them make wise choices that will benefit them in the long run. We need to be able to say, look, it's easy to make short-term choices. Let's make some long-term choices, because those are the ones that have the biggest impact. All right, well, you've probably sat, sat there listening to this long enough, and you are just uh, sick to death of me droning on and saying the same words over and over again. So, all right, you have a nice afternoon. Maybe the next time we get together, I'll remember to read you a couple dad jokes that uh, can sort of brighten your day. All right, have a great afternoon or evening or morning, whenever you might be happening to listen to, to this. To quote an um, uh, interesting movie I saw one time, good morning. And in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. All right, folks, God bless.